Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for January 28th, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled Progress on Purpose. I believe it is the will of God that we level up in every area of our lives in 2021, that we walk in new levels. God has declared it, and now it's time for us to walk in it and experience new levels And I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. But if you want to experience new levels and leveling up and progress, you have to do it on purpose. Your progress has to be intentional. So since I'm teaching progress on purpose and being intentional, I told you that we were going to seek progress on purpose, being intentional in five areas, five areas of our lives. Number one, spiritually, and I covered that already. Number two, financially, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Number three, physically, then number four, internally, and number five, externally. So we're going to go through all of these as we're laying the foundation for the year, laying the foundation for 2021. Inside of financially, I told you that I would cover five areas as well. I would cover soul prosperity and the answer to poverty. Uh, Number two, tithes and offerings. And we covered that already. We covered these already. Number three, uh, sowing into ministry. So you're you're partnering with ministries that are making a difference and advancing God's kingdom around the world. Um, Number four, giving to the poor. And that message was powerful. And so if you haven't watched that one, please go back and watch that one. And then number five is where we are right now, the purpose of your prosperity. And the purpose of your prosperity is not something I could cover in one day. So I covered it yesterday. Uh, I'm back to it today. So this is progress on purpose, leveling up in the area of your finances, the purpose of your prosperity, part two. And so, and I'm not going to be done today either. I'm going to deal with this again tomorrow. So what does this mean? for you today. I only have two things to share with you this morning as it relates to points, but these two points are really important, right? So as I share these two things with you, now this is when I need you to rid yourself of all distractions, you know, just not focus on anything else, no matter what you're going on, what's going on in your life, what you're going through, lock in. And as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking. And so as I'm teaching, the Holy Spirit is teaching. There's a voice behind my voice. There's a word behind my word. And so open up your heart to receive and you are going to hear what you need to hear for you. You got it? All right. So two things. Number one, here we go. So number one is God wants you to be a conduit of his favor. The two things I'm going to talk about is being a conduit of God's favor and being a conduit of of God's finance. So kingdom favor, kingdom finance, or kingdom favor, kingdom capital. All right. So let's talk about favor first. Um, God wants you to be a conduit of his favor. Let me explain. So the way that I define favor is that God can raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help you in ways that you cannot help yourself. And whenever I teach or preach on the favor of God, right? The favor of God, people get excited. They say, amen. I believe I receive it. Glory to God, right? They want favor. And so, yeah, but if you go back to the definition that I'm using, is God is raising up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help us in ways that we cannot help ourselves. And so when you're looking at it from that perspective, it is heavenly favor, but that heavenly favor is coming through human conduits on this planet. In other words, the favor of God from heaven 
flows through humans, through people, right, in this world. And so now that I've established a picture of that, um, and, and you know that God can move on the heart of, of someone who has power, ability, influence, money to help you in ways that you cannot help yourself. Now that you can understand that, now I want us to flip the paradigm. And so let me explain what I mean by flipping the paradigm. So once again, whenever I say favor of God, people are like, oh, I want that. I want that. But they're thinking I want it from other people. So I want us to flip the paradigm. I want you to see yourself as a person extended the favor. But to explain my point here, as far as flipping the paradigm, I'm going to use Jesus as an example. And I'll use a common scripture. Uh, let's say Mark chapter five, the woman with the issue of blood. So whenever I talk about the woman with the issue of blood, whenever I'm preaching about her and how this woman came to Jesus, you know, she kept saying within herself, if I could just touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And people get excited and, you know, they high five their neighbor. They run around the church. You know, I, I need to touch Jesus and all of that. I got it. And people can identify with the woman with the issue of blood. She was physically debilitated. She had been bleeding for 12 years. She was financially in ruin. She had spent all her money. She didn't get any better. She rather grew worse. She was socially an outcast because she had this issue of blood. She was not supposed to be around anybody. She was psychologically at her wits end. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And people like, ah, thank you, Jesus. I can identify with that woman. I got it. I understand. People go through problems. And whenever I deal with that, you know, they, they identify with the plight of the woman and, and, and I, and I got it. And they start crying out to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I need a breakthrough. All of that is fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. But look at me. If you're going to walk with God for 20, 30, 40 years, at some point, you can't be the woman in the text, right? When I'm preaching about the woman with the issue of blood, at some point, you can't identify with her. I mean, Jesus didn't say, be like the woman. No, Jesus was like, be like me. At some point, I have to preach the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And you're no longer the one that identifies with the woman. You're the one who identifies with Jesus. I preach the same message and you're like, I see myself as Jesus is. First John 4 and 17, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. I preach that message and maybe some time ago you used to identify with the woman, but now you no longer identify with the woman. You identify with Jesus and you're the one that people are coming to, to get a, a breakthrough. You're the one with the answers to this world's problems. You're the one that people are like, Hey, I need a touch. I need a breakthrough. I need a hug. I need a word. I need a download. I need, a, I need something. And they're coming to you because just like they came to Jesus, they are now coming to you because you are the answer to this world's problems because the hand of God is on you. God gives you insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, understanding, power, money, influence, all of that. And so now people are coming to you. And so you are the answer. Say amen to that. Say, I am the answer to this world's problems, right? So I can understand the fact that that people identify with the woman, I got it. But at some point, you have to be the answer. At some point, you have to hear that story and say, I am no longer the woman. I am Jesus in the story. I'm the one that's walking around. I'm the one that's a conduit of God's glory in this world. Say amen to that.
And so going back to favor, when I say favor is when God raises up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help you in ways that you cannot help yourself. People are like, hey, glory, I received the favor. Yes. Hey, thank you, Jesus. I received favor. Father, I'm going over here. I need to talk to Mr. Johnson. I need some favor with Mr. Johnson. I need some favor with Miss Susie. I got it. But how, when are you going to be Mr. Johnson? Right? When are you going to be, Miss Susie? When are you going to be? Listen, remember that you're on this planet to advance God's kingdom. You're not on this planet for you. If you read the end of the book, I've read the end of the book. If you go to Revelation chapter 11, in Reve Revelations 11 and 15, the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. So if you read the end of the book, then you know that the goal is for the kingdom of God to, to infiltrate, to advance around this world, around this planet, God wants to affect with effects and influence the people of this world and the systems of this world. Not just the people, you are one of the people, but God wants to raise you up to impact the whole system that you're in. I don't know if you've heard of the seven mountains of influence, but there's a teaching that says that the mountains of influence in this world are seven, and the seven are uh, government, media, arts and entertainment, business, education, religion, and family, right? And so my point here is that what God does is that he first deals with the person. Let's say that you're a teacher. So God, first, he gets a hold of you, right? You submit to God, you're a teacher, you're, you're teaching second grade, and God gets a hold of your heart, and then you submit to God, and you are fully submitted to him. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're being led of the Holy Spirit in all things, and so God now gets a hold of you. He starts to work on you first. Once he gets a hold of you, then he uses you to influence your family, and now you're good. Now he's like, okay, now I'm sending you into your classroom. Now he's using you to influence those 31 students you have in your classroom, and so now the power of God is coming to your classroom, right? And so now you you are influencing this world because the power of God is, you are a conduit of kingdom favor, kingdom finance, kingdom influence. Okay, boom. Now you're influencing that little classroom. Then God raises you up to administration. Now you're influencing a part of the school. Then God raises you up to where you're influencing the whole school. Then God raises you up to where you're influencing the whole county. And so you see what I'm saying? So God can raise you up to, to, to have influence in this world. And that influence is the favor of God. So yes, I want you to, to believe God for favor from, from other people, but at some point, you just can't be looking for favor from, from other people. At some point, you have to be the person through which the favor is flowing. So, so let, let me give you some points, uh, uh, some, some nuggets as I close out this point. Look at me. Stop seeing yourself as the person who always needs help. At some point, you have to be the person doing the helping. Right? At some point as a believer, there's nothing wrong with you being the person that's actually providing the help. See, God can bless you as an individual. Of course, as individually, he wants you to be at peace. He wants you to have a sound mind. He wants you to get good sleep. That's I'm a teacher on all this stuff. He wants you to be able to meet the needs of your financial situations, pay your bills all time, on time, never, you know, all of that. God wants you to do all of that. But at some point, there's a greater purpose. At some point, God wants you to be a conduit and your life is, has to be some, about something that's bigger than just you. So it can't just be about you. So now it's like, okay, God, what do you want me to do in this world? It can't just be about me coming down here, paying some bills, going to some parties and then dying. Come on now. I have to, I am here for a reason. And that reason is God's purpose. And so God wants you to be a conduit of his favor and a conduit of his finance. So when God raises you up to a position of influence, oh, this last point, uh, uh, well, this third point here is really important. 
Let me slow down on this. When God raises you up to be a person of influence and you have what I call professional equity, right? Which means that you're now in a position you've done enough and people respect you enough and, and you have a good reputation. Well, well, now you have some equity, right? And, and your decisions matter. When you get to that point, please don't be afraid to use that equity. I mean, why, why have the equity if you're not going to use it? God, is, God right now is strategically placing people in boardrooms, on the boards of corporations, in positions uh, to make hiring decisions, firing decisions, promotion decisions, financial decisions. And when God is placing people strategically, and right now, actually God is doing that with people that have never been. People who don't look like you, people who don't sound like you, people who, who don't have a last name that sounds like you, are now getting in positions that they that we've never been in before. Right. And so God is breaking down racial walls and, and and diversity and inclusion is a big deal right now around the world. And so God is raising up women. God is raising up minorities. God is, God is raising up people that are majority people, all of this. And, and God is strategically placing people in these areas and in these boardrooms and in the room where, where it's going down and the decisions are, are being made and all of that. If God has given you professional equity and you're in that room, then doggone it, you better use that equity. What, why are you there? Don't be afraid to use it. Listen, you are there. I, I, I influence decisions that um, something just happened recently that I was involved with. And I said, no, that's not right. That's not going to, it's not going down like that. Uh-uh, that, that's not right. And, and, and then I thought about it, man, what if I was not in the room? What, what if I were not a person of influence? How would this person be treated? No, you have to use your professional equity. Don't be afraid to use it. God gave you that influence for a reason. So speak up. Now you do it professionally. You're led of the Holy Spirit, but God wants your voice to be heard. That's why you're there. God placed you there. God gave you the influence so you could use it. So please don't let God down. God wants you. God's on this planet. God sent you here so you can make kingdom impact. Say amen to that. All right. So if you're not in a position of influence yet, maybe you're a young person. You're like, well, Rick, that's not me yet. Okay, cool. None of us. Will, I mean, we don't start off that way. Right. I mean, so, so yeah, that's okay. But you know, you're going to work your way up and all of that. I got it, but open up your heart. Don't fight against it. Right. Open up your heart to whatever prosperity God wants to give you, whatever favor and influence he wants to give you. And remember that is bigger than just you is about what God wants to do on this planet. Instead of being the person who needs the favor of God all the time. Listen, get to the point where I'm like, okay, God, I want to be the person releasing the favor. I want to be a conduit of favor in this world. I want to be the person that people are seeking favor from. I actually, I, I'm, a I'm a witness. I'm that person right now. And so, so yeah, you want to be that person where people need to get on your calendar, where people are looking to talk to you. And so now once you're in that position, use it for the glory of God. If you are in a position of favor, please don't be afraid to use it. You got it? And this is about prosperity. And so when people say prosperity, people like turn off, oh, that's prosperity gospel. What are you talking about? What is you want failure gospel? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. At the end of the day, I know it is God's will for us to succeed. I know it is the will of God for us to prosper. God does delight in the prosperity of his servants. God does want to advance his kingdom plans and purposes in this world. And so how is he going to do it? Through humans. And, and he needs humans to be in the room. He needs humans to be in positions of influence. Say amen to that. All right. Number two, I only have two points for you today. Number two, God wants you to be a conduit of kingdom capital in order to fund and advance his kingdom on this planet. Now, at the end of the day, it takes money to do ministry. So let, let me give you some points here. 
Paul commanded, remember, I already dealt with um, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. But there, Paul commanded the people that have a lot of money, the people who are rich in this world. He says, hey, you guys should also be rich in good deeds and be generous and be willing to share. So, so he wasn't saying having money is bad. He wasn't saying, oh, if you have money, get rid of it. Burn it up. Money is terrible. No, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. And so he was saying, listen, if you have money, be a blessing. And watch that. If you have money, fund the kingdom because it takes money to do ministry. I'm going to make this point here in a minute. So the Bible doesn't say that you can't have money. Actually, the Bible goes out of his way to teach you uh, about resources, what to do with it. And watch this, that it is the Lord who actually gives you the power to get wealth. So in Deuteronomy chapter eight, if you read verses 10 through 20, the Lord had Moses to instruct the nation of Israel. In, in, in a level of clarity as it relates to money. And he was like, I want you to make sure that they understand that it is me, the Lord, who gives you the power to get wealth. It is me. When you guys were leaving Egypt, I moved on the hearts of the Egyptians to give you the gold and the diamonds and the silver. They had to give you all their jewelry. They had to give you all their money before you left. I moved on their hearts to do that, right? And so it is me, the Lord, who gives you the power to get wealth. And he's saying that. So the, the Bible actually says, remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the, the power and the ability to produce wealth in this world. And by doing so, he confirms his covenant. So let me ask you a question. Why would the Lord say that he gives you the power and the ability to produce wealth if wealth was bad? Right? Just think about that. Like, I don't know why we have this warped view. A lot of people have a warped view of money, but that's the devil. The devil doesn't want us to have anything. The devil doesn't want us to be in positions of influence because if, if we're broke, busted, disgusted, frustrated, disillusioned, hard to get along with, we're not in positions of influence and we don't have any money, then we can't do anything, right? And so the devil is happy there. Yeah. The devil could care less if you're in a, in a small church and you don't have any money and you just want to praise and worship in your corner. The devil's like, I don't care that because that person's not doing anything. That person's not influencing this world. So psh, go ahead, have at it. Praise all you want. Tarry at the altar if you want to tarry. Stay there all day and all night. Stay there all weekend. I don't care. The devil is not moved by that. He's afraid of people that have influence. He's afraid of people that have money. He's afraid of people that can make decisions. He's afraid of people that, that can advance God's kingdom plans and purposes on this planet. That's why the devil fights against money so much. See, you got to accept the grace and the responsibility to walk in whatever level of prosperity that God has called you to walk in. Now, some people say, no, Rick, um, I actually don't like this teaching. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to stop following you. I'm going to tune you out because all I need is enough for me and my family. All I need is enough for us to get by. All I need is enough for me and my four and no more. And so look at me. If you are that person, I love you. And God loves you enough to tell you the truth. I know you think you sound holy. I know you think you sound spiritual when you say that, but really what you are is selfish. It is selfish to just think about yourself. Listen, God wants you. God wants you to think about him. And if you think about things from his lens, he's not selfish. So yes, you, you can't give somebody something you don't have. 
You can't help pay somebody else's bills if you can't pay your own bills. You can't help give somebody else food if you don't have food yourself. And so God gives you more than enough because he wants you to be a blessing to other people. God is not opposed to you being in a position to, to be a blessing to others, but it comes with a responsibility. So to be clear about this, the more you have, the more you have to manage and the more demands there's going to be on you. <laughs> so then once you're in a position of influence and once you're in a position to be a blessing to other people, then guess what? Your phone is going to blow up and when people need something, they're going to call you. And yes. And so, so you, yeah, the more you have, the more you have to manage and you know that you, it comes with a responsibility, but you just got to be led. You got to know that the same God who gave you and bless you to be where you are right now, that same God will give you the grace to deal with it. All right. Last thing, as I close, I told you that it takes money to do ministry. So let me give you an example in Luke chapter eight, verses one through three, and then we'll close with this. So the Bible says the next day, Jesus traveled through some cities and small towns. Actually, what I'm about to tell you, I think a lot of people don't know this. Like, I, like a lot of people just don't acknowledge what I'm about to say. Um, so anyway, Jesus is traveling. He's doing ministry, small towns and cities. Jesus told the people the good news from God. It was the, the news about the kingdom and the 12 apostles were with him. Now, Luke 8, verse 2, there were also some women with Jesus. Now, Jesus had healed these women from sicknesses and evil spirits. And one of them was Mary, who was called Magdalene. And seven demons came out of her. Now, along with these women were Joanna, the wife of Chusa the manager of Herod's money, ooh, Herod's property, and Susanna and many other women. And these women used their own money to help Jesus and his apostles. These women used their own money to help Jesus and his apostles. Another translation says, these women were of considerable means and they provided for Jesus and his company. Jesus and 12 grown men went around for three and a half years and they never lacked anything. Why? Because God placed people strategically around Jesus to fund the ministry. So God used people who are financially well off to finance Jesus's ministry. And guess what? God does the same thing today. Jesus never lacked a thing. Jesus never begged anybody for anything. He was doing what the father told them to do. And God made sure that there were people there to write the checks, to pay the bills, to, to fund the kingdom. And so just like God did it for Jesus, God does it today. You know, so God sent Isabella and I to do some work in the Dominican Republic. God sees to it that there's people that are going online to ripministries.org and making donations. It could be $5, $10, $5,000, $50,000. It doesn't matter. God will raise up people to do, use their power, ability, influence, and money to fund kingdom projects because that's what God does. And so you want to be one of those people. All I'm saying is don't close your heart to this. Open up your heart to whatever God wants to do in your life. And then tomorrow I'm going to flow in the same vein and I'm going to tell you that God gives you prosperity that is connected to your purpose. So let's close this out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice. This message, I said a lot today. You, this is a message you might need to, to listen to again, and you need these notes. All right, so listen, lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about kingdom favor and kingdom finance. You are able to raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money 
to help me in ways that I cannot help myself. I thank you, Father, for giving me favor with those in positions of influence. But I also thank you for making me one of those people. <laughs> you raised me up to the point where my voice matters and where I have the money to fund your projects around this planet. So I will be a person that people come to for favor. I will be a conduit of your favor and your finance on this planet. I release kingdom capital and I operate in kingdom influence. I level up in every area of my life. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you don't have my notes and you want my notes and you want my notes for today, believe me, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me two things, two favors. Number one, I see a lot, a lot going on in the chat. But leave me uh, some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. I go back and I read every one of those comments. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. This is a message that people need to hear. You might need to hear it again. You got to get this down in your spirit. It's okay to be blessed. It's okay. God wants to use you as a conduit of favor and finance in this world. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.